We're looking at encounters that Jesus had with people. Uh, these two followers, we read about this story in Luke 24. Uh, Cleopas and someone else, we don't know, maybe, uh, maybe his wife, maybe just a friend, it's, we're not told. They have seen uh, just an incredible uh, uh, series of events. You know, Jesus um, has it, having the final supper, the last supper with his disciples, he then goes to the garden, he gets arrested, they then put him on trial, he, um, he's crucified on a cross, then they bury him in a tomb, they then, um, the, some women go to the tomb, find that the tomb's empty, some angels appear to them and say, Jesus is alive, um, and all of this has gone on, and then these two people, they are on their way from one end of a rope to another, uh, they're on their way to, um, to Emmaus, and they had expectations. They had expectations of who Jesus was, and it's just not turned out as they had hoped. And they were having this huge crisis of faith. Even though the women had said that they had seen the angels, they told them Jesus is alive, they didn't believe it. They didn't have eyes to see and hearts to understand, even though Jesus was right there in front of them. We don't know how he disguised himself, but he walked with them. Maybe they'd become so accustomed to disappointment that even when it's right in front of their eyes, they couldn't see it. And Jesus comes up and um, he doesn't immediately reassure them. He doesn't answer all their questions. In fact, he asks some more. And in the passage in Luke 24, verse 19, as they're all discussing it, he comes alongside them and he says, what things? This has all been going on. And Jesus comes up and he says, "What, what are you talking about? What's been going on? And they respond, about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. They crucified him, but we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Jesus was not the person they had hoped he would be. They thought that God was outworking his plan and his promises through this man, but now this man is dead and the dream is over. As I've read this story, I've reflected on those I had hoped moments in my life. When I look back and I look at those things where I thought, oh, that, that was going to happen and it never, it didn't happen. Those plans and dreams I had that never came to fruition. Those, those mistakes that I've made, I think, what if I hadn't done that? Those I had hoped moments. I wonder what the we had hoped, the I had hoped moments that are amongst us today. You know, I had hoped to be married, but I'm still single. I had hoped to have a family. I had hoped to have, be further on in my career or have a job by now. What did you expect from life? You know, that divorce, that relocation, that redundancy, that sickness, that the death of a loved one. Those things that you had never expected, you would hope for something else, but life turned out very differently. What about those I had hoped moments in church? You know, that church leader that you gave your all to follow and then he ends up, or they end up betraying you and you have to leave the church. That broken relationship that's yet to be resolved, that leadership role that you thought you were going to, but you never, nothing ever happened, or that gift that you think, I just, I'm just not being used, or the dreams to church plant, and then we announce that we're going to East Hall, and you're like, oh, that's not where I feel called to, and then it's Norfolk, oh, that's not me, and I'm still here at Jubilee, and I feel called to the nations. So many we had hoped moments that today maybe bring disappointment, maybe bring pain, maybe even bring anger. And even though um, they don't recognize Jesus, 
In that moment of crisis, for these two people on the road to Emmaus, Jesus walks with them. He doesn't give the answer straight away, but he walks with them. He is the one called Emmanuel, God with us. In those moments when we're feeling that disappointment, that pain, that just confusion, we need to remember that God always has a plan. We might not see it, we might not understand it, but he's always been outworked. And Isaiah 46, 9 to 11 says, I am God, there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purposes will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey from a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said I will bring about, what I have planned that I will do. None of us planned this last year, did we? It's not the 2020 we had hoped. But God is at work and he is walking with us. For the two on the road to Emmaus, they, they, need, they wanted a fresh understanding. They wanted to know, is God still at work? Is there a future for Israel and is there a future for me? They needed to know God was still at work. They needed a revival of the heart. The quote from Charles Spurgeon, a great preacher, he said that revival is to rekindle into, the, into a flame the vital spark which was nearly extinguished to rekindle into flame the vital spark that was nearly extinguished. How many times I have grown cold to God because of becoming disillusioned or being hurt or being disappointed. You know, I've been in uh, church ministry for um, six years and there's been trials in those six years that I wouldn't want to repeat. There's been times where I've just had issues with people or issues with finance or issues with this wonderful building or issues with my own heart, when I've been left questioning, what, what is God doing? I've not lost faith in God. I've not, thought, I've not considered not following Jesus, but there's been times where I thought, is this the right place for me? Is this, am I in the right place to work out the plan that God has for me? Is there an easier way? There are times when I become fed up of disappointments in life. There's times where I become tired there's times where I question, oh, would it be better if it just got a normal job? My wife tells me, it's not a normal job though, is it? <laughs> not a real job. <laughs> like, oh, maybe I should go and get a real job. <laughs> I was telling the guys earlier that there was, there was a particularly hard time earlier this year where I was at my desk and I was, I was just working away and, and the bin lorry came down my street. And, um, and I watched, and I watched the bin lorry. I just watched the guys at work and I thought, I wish I could swap jobs with you. There was a moment where I was just like, oh, that looks, I think I could do that. Maybe I should do that. Maybe, do you think they'll take me on today? There's moments where I just, in those moments when I feel, like when I just grow cold to God's plans and purposes, I don't need Jesus to come and give me all the answers. I don't need him to come and say, well, no, this is what the next 20 years is gonna look like. It's gonna be okay. I don't need that. What I need is I need Jesus to walk with me. And what, the, what those disciples on the road to Emmaus, they didn't need the answers. They needed Jesus to walk with them. They needed to be reminded of who he was. They needed those flames to be rekindled. In those moments when I've had doubts, where I've had, when I've gone cold to God's plans and purposes, I've needed that revival of my heart to fan into flames again, to rekindle that flame, that, the passions and the purposes for God. 
You know, in faith, there are moments when we are living off mountaintop experiences. If you've ever been to like a Christian conference, you'll know what I'm talking about. You're surrounded by Christians all week, and then you don't have to deal with anything, and then you're like, I can take on the world. And then you get back to home, and you're like, oh, oh no, I'm back to normal. Or there's moments where, I don't know, you've, you've been on a missions trip. You've seen God do some amazing things. You've seen people, you pray for people on the street and they're being healed, mountaintop experiences. Or you've just been baptized and you've got all these fresh words and you, you know, all these prophetic words and you're like, I'm just going to tell everyone about Jesus. And life is, I'm going to be this amazing evangelist and life is going to be amazing. Mountaintop experience. They're great. Enjoy those moments. Enjoy them. I want to see God's glory more. Mountaintop experiences are great, yet pretty much every Christian I've ever met, their experience has been the same, that mountaintop experiences happen rarely. They do happen, but the majority of the time, for every mountaintop experience, there are valleys to be walked through. There are moments of hardship. There are moments of suffering. There are moments of feeling distant or disconnected. And there's also just times of monotony. You know, times when it's not glamorous and being a Christian doesn't feel particularly victorious, but following God is about getting up day by day, serving him, being faithful to what he has called you to. Following Jesus is easy when you have mountaintop experiences. So why doesn't God just give us more mountaintop experiences? Well, because he wants us to live by faith and not by sight. It's easy to believe God when everything is going amazingly. It's easy, but the truth is that the, majority, the maturity that God is calling us to is a maturity which trusts him at all times, not just when things are going well. Jesus speaks to Doubting Thomas in John, uh, and he says, because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith and not by sight. When we are living in, in the valley or when we are living with the monotony of life, we need to ensure that we continue to live by faith, that we don't lose hope, that we don't become disillusioned or forgetting who God is or what he has done. We need to attend to that fire in our hearts. And where we have lost hope, that's okay, but we need reviving. And for Cleopas and the unnamed other, be gutted if you were that unnamed other. <laughs> <laughs> that was my chance. I get in the Bible, and I got called the unnamed other. Um, but that was what Jesus was about to do. He said to them, how foolish you are, how to, slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his, to enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all of Scripture concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and they gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened as they recognized him, and then he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, where are our hearts not burning within us? While he talked to us on the road, and he opened scripture to us. Can you imagine what it had been like to listen to Jesus as he explained the scriptures, how he explained how he was the chosen, the Messiah that was promised? As they're reminded that Jesus didn't come to be a great warrior, but he came to die on our behalf. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. As they hear the scriptures, as, it, as they hear this, faith rises in them. 
They were in need of this revival of the heart. And so what does Jesus do? He opens scripture. At Jubilee, we, we place a high emphasis on, the, on this, this word, teaching from it, learning from it. We want everyone at Jubilee to be part of discipleship relationships, growth groups, meeting up with people to pray and encourage and challenge one another. But as disciples of Jesus, let us never forget that we're leading people to this. We're not psychologists, other than Kristen. We're not motivational speakers. We're not counselors. Praise God for those people, but that's not what the majority of us are being called to. But as members of the body, our role is to point people back to Jesus, to remind them of who he is, what he has said and what he has said he has done, what he said, who he says we are and what he says he is going to do. How do we do that? By reading, by teaching, by understanding what the word of God says. Those times that I have struggled, I found that Jesus doesn't come and answer all my questions. No, he reminds me of who he is and what he has done for me. As Jesus teaches from uh, scripture on the road to Emmaus, something changes. Faith comes as he remembers who Jesus is. The hope that was lost is found again. That heart that was cold through disappointments gets revived. They say, I, I should get Amy to do it. Where are hearts not, where are hearts not burning within us? As he talked to us on the road. Can't do it in the same way, Amy. Where are hearts not burning within us as he talked on the road and opened scripture to us? If you're feeling disappointed by how life had turned out, if, you are, if you've lost hope, if you feel like giving up, Jesus comes today and he wants to bring a revival of your heart to warm you up again to the plans and purposes he has for you. We need to be a people who remember what God has done and what he said he is going to do. Those promises he has given us as a church, the promises he gives us in scripture, the promises he, he gives us individually. We are part of God's story and there are still pages to be written in his, as his plans and purposes are outworked. He is reminding and reassuring those two disciples that everything he has said would be fulfilled. There's a moment for us today. You know, the last seven months, maybe longer, maybe longer than seven months, but for, for many of us, for the last seven months, they've taken their toll. For some of us, we are walking away because you've lost hope. Maybe you're walking away from relationships within the church. Maybe it's, you're walking away from Jubilee. Maybe it's walking away from Jesus entirely. A whole manner of reasons this could be, but just that kind of lack of contact, the lack of being able to go to stuff, the lack of community, uh, the disappointments from the past season of things that you hoped would happen means that you are walking away, fed up of being in those valleys or fed up of the monotony of life. And today, Jesus walks with you. He is the one who is faithful to his promises. He is working and he invites us to partner with him in this story. He wants to revive our hearts again, to remind us of who he is, what he has done and what he will do. He does this to, the, to the people, those two on the road to Emmaus. And we know it has changed them because although they're going to Emmaus, they go back to Jerusalem. They go back to the original plan. The story continues as Jesus appears to them again. He shows them his hands and his feet. He shows them the marks of victory. And then he gives them this promise of the Holy Spirit saying, I'm going to be with you. And then he ascends into heaven where today he is seated on a throne, ruling over all things, outworking his plan. COVID-19 may have brought us to a standstill. Your diary may have been ripped up. God's plans have not. 
It may not be as we had hoped, as this scripture says, but it is how God planned. Today, are we going to walk away from God's purposes? Or are we going to step in to his plans and purposes again? Would the band join me? Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for each of us. Lord, I I pray where there are hearts that need to be revived again to your plans and purposes, you would come and minister to us right now. Where disappointments, where pain, where heartache means there are people who just want to give up, who are walking away. I said, I've had enough of this. I'm confused. I don't know where God's plan is. I don't know what's happening. Where people are feeling that way, I pray you would come, even as we worship, as I have taught from the word, may faith rise in us to believe you again to believe in your plans and your purposes, to believe the role you have called us to, to know that we have been called for a purpose, that as we go from this place, we may be stared afresh to follow you, that you would revive our hearts again, warm us up to those plans and purposes that you have for us. In Jesus' name.